I don't know about you, but uh, does it seem like Christmas comes around faster every year? Is it just me? One minute it's August and it feels like the hot summer nights are never going to end. And then uh, it's Halloween and then it's Thanksgiving and then December arrives like a, a steam train coming in at full bore. And the stores are full of people and they're buying up turkeys and hams and And the shelves are starting to get empty and there's Christmas carols that serenely play in the background while ladies elbow each other over the last uh, bag of rolls. I know because I was in Target yesterday, that's what happened. Uh, I was looking for gifts. Now, um, there are apparently two kinds of shoppers. Statistics tell us that um, 60, well actually no, no, 28% of us, uh, 28% of us, I'm going to say us, but actually I mean you because it's not me. 28% of people are very sensible, and they start their shopping in November. Um, Well done, you. Um, The other, the majority world, um, 62% of us, uh, leave it till the last week before Christmas. Um, I know uh, that that was me. And then what about the last minute, the people who left their shopping until today, the brave 7%, the 7 percenters? um, Now, for me, that's cutting it a little too fine, but I did an experiment last night. I did order something on Amazon Prime, at about 10 o'clock last night, and it was here at 3 o'clock this afternoon. So if you're in the valley, they can deliver quick. They just don't like to. Christmas can be exhausting. It's exhilarating, and and I hope you're having an exhilarating Christmas, but it's pretty exhausting. And that's if you come into the holiday season at full strength. Um, Many of us enter the holidays already tired from other challenges we're facing. Uh, All of us have lived through almost two years of pandemic now uh, and all the changes that that has brought and just in the last week or so, uh, the next variant has come up and has put a curveball into many people's plans and I know we've got even people tonight who are here because of that. Uh, On top of that, uh, many of us have faced personal challenges coming into the Christmas season. You know, the loss of loved ones or a season of declining health or ill health a financial instability or family breakdown, these, these burdens don't just disappear in December, do they? We can't just pretend they're not here. We bring those burdens into the holiday season with us. And so for many, Christmas is not as merry as it might be, and the holidays are not as happy as you wished. Christmas can be a mixed time for us. But it won't always be like that. It's not always going to be like And that's the Christmas story that I want to tell tonight. The key to seeing that it won't always be like that is to understand the Christmas story. It'll help us to see beyond our troubles. So why don't we pray and then we're going to look at one of the songs that we just sung briefly as we examine the Bible. Let me pray. Our Heavenly Father, you know what is in each of our hearts. You know what we've been through this year. You know what we need. So pray that you would speak to each of us now as we think about the Christmas story and the difference that Jesus makes. We pray in his mighty name. Amen. Well, all through December at Yonville Community Church, we have been thinking about Christmas through the lens of the Christmas carols. Uh, For many of us, Christmas carols are part of our Christmas tradition. You might have sung these words ever since you were a child. Um, I was just singing then. I I realize I think I remember more words than I actually do. I'm glad I had the mask on. You couldn't see which ones I forgot. I love the carols too, though, because when we look at them closely, they reveal deep truths about Jesus and the Christian faith. And so I want to show you uh, what my favorite Christmas carol says. I've been uh, promising all December that we'd sing our my favorite carol on Christmas Eve, and we just sung it right then. Oh, holy night. 
Is anybody else with me on that, that it's their favorite carol? That's good. That's more than we had of Christmas shoppers in November. <laughs> oh, holy night. Um, a little bit of trivia about the song. Uh, it was written in French as a poem in 1843. And uh, a, a I read this, I found this out just yesterday, in fact. Um, the person who wrote it was not a Christian. And he gave it to his friend to write, uh, to write the music for, also not a Christian. <laughs> Within months, they all became Christians, both of them who wrote the song. Um, this song took off. Uh, the English version was written in 1855, uh, and it actually became popular. It was a pre-Civil War song, and uh, the line... Um, the line, chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother. It actually proved very popular because of the abolitionist message. That was part of why it took off. I think it's, it's not just that, though. I mean, the musicality of this song is incredible. It is a song with lots of range. And so well done, everybody who could sing all of the notes. Um, I could not. Um, my daughter calls it a holy voice crack. Um, <laughs> there we go. My favorite line in it, though, is the one just at the end of the first verse. It gets me every time. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. As I said before, our world knows what it is like to be weary. We live in a world where everything is not perfect, and stresses and strains take a toll on us. But this song reminds us that even in the midst of all of our weariness, there is a beacon of hope. There is a light that shines in the darkness. There is a new morning coming, a new and glorious morning that is going to break soon, where the sun will rise over all of our troubles and they will melt away like bad dreams. And this idea of the light shining in darkness is one of the great promises of the Bible. Right from the beginning verse of the Bible, verse 3 on, on the first page, we see God bring light into the world. God speaks over the darkness and he says, let there be light. And there was, Genesis 1-3. And from that moment of creation, light becomes this powerful symbol of God's purity, God's holiness, God's goodness. It's a symbol of who he is. It's representative of him. So John, in 1 John 1-5, he says, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. The psalmist speaks about God as his light and his salvation in Psalm 27. And the prophet Isaiah uses the same metaphor to predict the salvation of God's people. We read it at the beginning of the service today. The people walking in the darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Isaiah 9 verse 2. There is something powerful about the idea of the light dawning at the end of a dark night. Uh, we watched a new film uh, last week. It's on Amazon Prime. It's called Brotherhood. Uh, it's a story of a group of boys, uh, teenage boys, who went to summer camp in 1926, just a few years after the end of World War I. And so the story is interesting because it delves into what it's like for this generation of young men to grow up without fathers and for, for the loss that they all experienced in World War I. Uh, but that character development is played out against a tragic background. Uh, uh, the camp takes place in uh, Canada uh, on the Great Lakes, and uh, the boys and their teachers need to cross the lake in the canoe uh, to pick up some supplies. And so nine boys and two teachers set out across the lake late in the afternoon, and as they paddle into the darkness, 
a storm hits and the canoe is overturned. The canoe's overturned, they can't turn it back over. And so the boys find themselves clinging to this upturned canoe in the middle of a lake. It's dark and they can't see where the land is. And so the story is these boys holding on and seeing if they can wait until the morning. And life is like that sometimes, isn't it? You know, we can't see our way through the darkness. We can't see the other side of the lake. We don't know what's coming or when it's going to come. And we don't know how long the darkness will last. We're not sure if we can hold on. And the tragedy in the film is that some of the characters didn't make it through the night. They lost hope and they let go of the boat. But for those who held on and those who waited, the first light of dawn showed them that the shore was only a few hundred yards away, although they couldn't see it in the nighttime. With the light, they were able to see what they couldn't see in the darkness, and they were saved. John's gospel account of the birth of Jesus describes him like this, and this is what Celeste just read for us. Jesus is described as light. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and this life, and that light, sorry, that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John describes Jesus as the light, the light that shines in the darkness, the light that cannot be overcome by the darkness. And the reason that Jesus shines light and life into this world is because he was right there with the Father on the very first day of creation when God spoke and light came into existence. Did you see it there in verse 1? He was with God and he was God. All things were made through him. See, Jesus is not just part of the Christmas tradition. Jesus is God himself born into human flesh. Is God's son who was with God from the beginning He's born into human flesh to deal with the darkness. He was born to banish everything that is broken about our world. And we saw Jesus begin to do that during his lifetime when he walked on the earth. Just like God, he spoke and creation listened. There was a time when he was on the, uh, the lake with his friends in a boat. And a storm came up and they thought they were drowned. And Jesus spoke. And the wind and the waves were calm. There was a man whose hand was shriveled since birth. And Jesus, in a crowd like this, he said, stretch out your hand. And the man's hand stretched out and he was completely healed. And when Jesus' friend Lazarus lay dead in the tomb, Jesus once again spoke, Lazarus, come out of the tomb. And the dead man came out alive. See, Jesus has the power to change the darkness. He only needs to speak and light shines where there was only darkness. The word of God brings light, and he brings life to all who call on him. And that means that that Jesus has the power to change our darkness, to change our circumstances. Jesus brings healing. Jesus brings hope. Jesus brings forgiveness. Jesus brings restoration. Jesus brings recreation. Jesus brings the dawn of a brand new day into our life and the hope of something better. And there's a final image of light that I want to leave you with. Right at the end of the Bible, almost on the last page, the second last chapter, there's a picture of heaven. 
described as a city. The streets are paved with gold. Everything is shining and bright and clean. And it's perfect. And the light that shines on the city, it doesn't come from the sun, it doesn't come from the moon, it doesn't come from chandeliers. The light that shines on the eternal city of God comes from God himself. It says this in Revelation 21. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it its light. And the lamb is its lamp. Jesus is the lamp who shines for all of eternity in heaven. Pastor Tim Keller says Jesus is a light for us when all of the lights go out. When every light goes out in your life, Jesus is there for you. He's the light of the world and he'll never let us down. Not today and not into eternity. I said before that this carol is my favorite of all time and it comes back to those lines that I shared earlier. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. You might have come to church tonight weary. That's understandable coming into Christmas. You might have come to church today anxious. You might have come to church today um, having the best year you've ever had. Um, God bless you if that is the way that you've come to church. But whoever you are, the Christmas story speaks into your life. It actually shines a light into your life, a light that is unavoidable. Jesus wants to shine into your life. Jesus is speaking to you today just like he spoke into the storm, just like he spoke to the man with the shriveled hand, and just like he spoke to Lazarus when he was dead in the grave. Come out, he says. Come and find life with me. That's what Jesus is offering you today. He speaks in a way that only the creator of the universe can. And that, friends, is the thrilling message of Christmas. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you the amazing birth of Jesus, your son, the light who shines into the world. May he shine light into our lives and bring us life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.